podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 366 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster. Hello, everybody. I am also joined by... Ian Loring. Everything's on fire! <laughs> yes! We are a film podcast in the age of no films! Woo! Um, yeah, so, well, in saying that, we actually have three reviews this week. <laughs> We should change our name to Media Bastards and then we could expand our... Fuck you. Oh. Um, so we have The Devil All the Time, a, um, a Netflix movie. We always like our Netflix movies, don't we? Like, like giving them a chance. Um, we like looking forward to we'll them, actually have a Netflix, disappointed. We'll actually have a Netflix movie next week as well. Um, <laughs> oh, oh shit, we are. We also have... Um, so that our LFF coverage um, starting this week uh, with uh, Abel Ferrara's movie Siberia and Basham Tariq. Basham Tariq. Yeah, Basham Tariq as uh, Mogul Mogul. So yeah, we've got some. We've got three movies to cover. Movies don't exist. Um, plus, we have up to the usual what we've been watching. Uh, we'll get some trailers and bits and Ian. Anything happened in the news this week, or has it been a quiet one? Well, those of you who follow me on Twitter would have seen me lose my fucking mind on Friday evening um, when it was announced that Bond has been delayed, and that just set off a whole chain reaction, a cavalcade of shit. Um, so it, it, it literally is. Bond has started all of this. Bond killed cinema. Bond went from Bond will save cinema to fuck you, Bond. <laughs> if anyone can hear a noise in the background, Kiki's enjoying the remnants of a plastic peanut butter jar. Um, so, yes, uh, Bond, that, that was announced on Friday. Um, I was very drunk on Friday, but I regret nothing. Um, and then dominoes fell. So... Wonder Woman hasn't been pushed back yet, but June has. June is now coming out in October. That then pushed back the Batman, which has been moved from October 2021 to March 2022. Who the fuck knows what the world is going to like look like in March 2022? Yeah. I can't even consider that date right now. So there's that. Um, and yeah, we're just kind of... The thing is, most everything had fucked off out of 2020 anyway. Um, there was some talk over the weekend of exhibitors like basically asking studios, can you cut us a fucking break and just move something back to 2020, please? Um, so Sony went, do you know what? Do you know what you can have? You can have Paul W.S. Anderson's Monster Hunter. Have that as a treat. Go on. You can have that December. So Monster Hunter is uh, coming out in the U.S. December 28th. Uh, which has been moved forward from April. But that literally, has pushed literally back. A, a studio going, look, this isn't going to make any money anywhere, so we can use this as an excuse. But it's going to make money in China. Yep. That's the thing. That game in Asia will do big business. I'll be honest with you, the Monster Hunter games, I've played a little bit of Monster Hunter World. It's not bad. 
I might do a little bit of monster hunting and then watch the film. I'm going to watch Mila Jovovich and Tony Jaa hunt some monsters. Why not? Um, also, and it's funny as well, two films in China made over $150 million at the Chinese box office this weekend. Yep. What the fuck? Wow. What a world. Um, so China's fine. Good on China. Brilliant. Um, so, yes, this then led uh, Cineworld to say, right, we're fucking off all our sites in the UK and the Regal chain in the US uh, until further notice. No one knows what that notice will be, but it like Mookie Gradinga, uh, I believe the CEO's name is, has basically said, look, it's not just Bond. We need a steady stream of content before we reopen. Um, you know, it's one of those um, fool me once, shame on me, on you, fool me twice, shame on me things where Tenet came out and then they thought, well, studios are going to start releasing things again. And then no one did. So now, what, dog? What? Sorry. What do you want? What do you want? You can see I'm recording, yeah? You got something to say? That's no way to talk to Donna, Ian. I will confirm I don't <laughs> call Donna dog. I think that had been a loud bang yeah. and cut off and a yeah. funeral invitation <laughs> if that had happened. Kiki, what did you think of the devil all the time? It would have been like every single other scene in the devil all the time. <laughs> God, yeah. We'll get on to that. Keats, what did you think of the devil all the time? Yeah, um, what about Tom Holland? Did you like Tom Holland? Okay, ambivalent on Tom Holland. What about Bill Skarsgård? You've had enough now, see ya. Right, sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, this is the thing. Until there is a stream of content, Cineworld won't um, open again. Odeon have said, we're going to restrict our opening hours. View haven't said anything, but their CEO, Tim, Tim Richards, came out today and basically said, look, we do need some fucking products here, lads. Um, but to be fair, View, uh, like my local View, are playing St. Maud, unlike my local showcase, um, but also a shitload of horror films. Well, let, let me just say what they've got on. So what basically View have done is they've gone, right, we're going to try and power through December with with horror movies, and then we'll see what it's like in November. So they've got Silence of Lambs, Carrie, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Evil Dead, Shining, The Exorcist, Poltergeist, Psycho, Scream, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Alien, and Predator. Nice. So, I mean... That's pretty tight. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. Why have World have done they? Because they didn't want to, they couldn't be asked, no. is the only answer. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 yeah, I mean, this is it. It's like they obviously just didn't think that business model was sustainable. Um, and who, but who knows? Who knows though? So this is the thing. October, you can get people in with spooky films if you open on evenings and weekends with spooky films and some kind kid product. You could probably get through October all right. You might have a couple of dicey weeks in November, but then hey, start showing a shitload of Christmas films. People will go. They they will go. They're not allowed to go to other places. They will go. I said um, this to you yesterday, yeah. didn't I? Just do a season of Christmas movies. 
Absolutely. If, if let's say in December they have on over Christmas, you know, at view, they have on Christmas Vacation, Home Alone. Gremlins. Gremlins. Planes, trains. Pl- that's, that's not Christmas. Yeah, but you show that right at the beginning. So that it gets um, right. Then, then yeah, I, I, I'll go and see a few of them for sure. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this is it. And it's like the, you've got the re-release of Akira coming up this week as well, which is a great idea, you know. Um, I mean, it's to, it's kind of like to promote the new 4K like scan of it, which I'm, I'm sure is going to look great. Um, but this, this is the thing. There are ways of getting through to Christmas. January, don't get me wrong. Yeah, all right, January, if there's still no product coming out, then it is, you know, fair enough, that is spicy. But you've got Halloween, you've got Christmas, and films are still supposed to be coming out in December. Um, and it just it's coming to that point now where the Mulan experiment didn't work. And I think that spooked a lot of studios. But in for the future of cinema, for the better. Um, and in 2021, there's going to be such a logjam of content that, you know, they are just going to have to release these things and, and take their chances especially with like the end of the financial year in like March, April and whatnot, they're going to need these, they're going to need these films to come out. So they've actually got some sort of profits they can show. Um, And it's mental that I'm already talking about, like they need to release stuff by like March, but they do, they do. Um, Yeah. uh, Very, very, very disappointed that Cineworld have, have chosen to take the, the tack they have it does feel premature i you know if in a couple of weeks time viewer like we tried the halloween film films people just weren't coming out for them it will be sad but it would be like at least you fucking tried something yeah we'll yeah. see what we'll see what happens but i had about i had 25 people in a screening for a film that i will talk about later I would not have expected 25 fucking people in there for if it, if if COVID wasn't happening. Well, like I said to you before, the the Akira screening that we're going to tomorrow is is really full, and that's that's for a film in Japanese with subtitles. Like it's not it's not the dubbed one. It's it's quite a niche kind of film as well. Like I think outside of being fucking nerds, it's not. <laughs> It's not like it's not a huge movie. It is within certain circles, but you know, and 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 it's it's pretty full in there, and that's in an IMAX screen, big screen, lot of seats. People do want to go. There's enough people who want to go. <laughs> it, 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 well, that's what cinemas have been saying. It, it's not been a it's not been a want. It's been a content issue. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly it. It's um, I'm, right. Okay, I'm gonna put can get on my little soapbox a little bit now. Go on, do it, man. Right. So I've been seeing a lot of the the, the the fallout for it, and do you know what? The the biggest thing about about it isn't that we can't go and see films because we can all go and we can all see films, mm. and we will get to go. You know, we will. It hopefully, absolutely, fingers crossed, we'll get to go back to the cinemas at at some point. I do think that's going to be more difficult than people think it is in terms of that there's no guarantee that so we're not going to get to fucking January the 2nd and go, right, we'll reopen now. It, 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 
it, it isn't even a guarantee that, that Cineworld is ever going to be able to reopen. No. So well, let's put that to a side. The, the, the major problem is, is quite literally thousands of people could lose their jobs yeah. at, at a time when it's really difficult to um, to find a job. So there's that. Let, but let's put that to a side as well. I think we can all acknowledge and we would all fully admit that that is the fucking, that is the, the number one fucking thing yeah right all right the next bit that started to irk me was people coming out saying um oh well it'll give small independent cinemas the chance to uh to you know to pick up the slack where where, where these big multiplexes these these big studio-led studios don't own multiplexes anymore these big studio <laughs> they don't own them anymore multiplexes um you know, they can put the slap that, that they've left and you'll get more of that family feel. Won't happen. No. Just won't. No. It, it, it's, it, it's a fanciful idea. And, it, it, you know, it'd be nice if it did happen. It won't. But it, but it won't. It, 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 it just won't. Well, you look at See, it, York. Ca- we don't have a single cinema in York that isn't the churn. No, ca- case in point there, yeah. And even City Screen, which used to be privately owned, then owned by Pitch House. Pitch House is now owned by... And as such is closing. And as such is closing. Um, so that's the next point. Mm. Stop romanticising the idea that it will go back to that. Because half the people that are romanticising it never actually fucking visited one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next point. I've seen this quite a bit. The, 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 apparently the issue is, that I've seen people say, it, it's not that there isn't any content there. It's the fact that there's no big movies because the problem is everything now is a $200 million movie and it has to make $400 million and they don't make mid-budget movies that could make this money back. And I'm thinking, yes, they fucking do. Yes, they do. The, the complete myth that, that the mid-budget movie, the mid-budget thriller, etc., has disappeared from cinemas. It hasn't. They still get released. The problem that you've got is... People don't go and see them. Mm. I know people don't go and see them because I go and see them and see people not seeing them. <laughs> right? And people will wait for them to come out on Netflix. They'll go, oh, I don't really need to see that on the big screen. Mm. Now they're going, well, if there was more of those movies, we could all go to the cinema because they wouldn't need to make as much money. There's literally one still showing at Cine World right now. And it's, it's one of those where it's like, right, where you're there going... Right, so have you got to see Unhinged? Oh, no, I don't want to go to see that. Right, so what do you want to go and see? Mm. Oh, well, I want to go and see, some, you know, with, with a bit more. Cool, do you want to see Baby Teeth? Well, no. All right, cool. Out of curiosity, since the cinema's reopened, what have you been to see? I went to see Tenet. There you fucking <laughs> go, then. Yeah. Instantly, viewer also showing, Will Smith's one needs to tell Will Smith this, Bad Boys for Life, no longer the highest grossing movie of the year. Wow. Nope. Oh, yeah, of course it's, yeah, of course it's not. Yeah. Nope. The 800 is... That man, uh, Chinese film. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's amazing that the box office has been dominated. And I always go back to a, uh, a quote from um, Steve Pink talking about uh, Hot Dog Time Machine. Where people always used to say, oh, it was a massive flop. And he's like, no, it didn't make much money the first week it was released. Mm. But it had a decent enough run afterwards. So it, 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 it did fine. 
But everybody just gets obsessed with opening weekends. Yeah. The same thing that Joe Carnahan said about A-Team. No, it wasn't a flop. The same thing that Guillermo del Toro said about Pacific Rim. The same thing that Duncan Jones said about Warcraft. That everyone obsesses about that opening weekend. And if it doesn't smash records, it's a flop. Well, the 800 um, has done, in the US, 300 grand. And has done 440 million in the in China. Wow. I mean, it, it, this is it. I mean, Tenet crossed 300 million dollars this weekend um, globally. You know, yeah. it's still got some road to run. Has it made as much as it would have made um, uh, 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 in a non-COVID time? Of course, it hasn't. Like basically, because like essentially down to the US performance as much as anything else. Over here, it's done over 16 million pounds. Like yeah, that's that's, uh, that's that's a lot. That's a gold standard blockbuster for UK cinemas. It is, you know. Um, it just, you know. And I was, I was, uh, I was, I was very much arguing with someone on Twitter the other night, um, where they were saying, you know, essentially like people will go back to the cinema. They will, they will go back to the cinema, and it's just like. As soon as the PVOD genie is out of the bottle, that's that's it, you know. And you know, for people who want that big screen theatrical experience, that option may well be there. But almost naturally, you will have less people if they're like, "Do you want to go to the cinema, or do you just want to watch this at home?" You know, um, going out on dates to the cinema kind of doesn't feel like the cultural thing it once was. Um, and also, quite frankly, right, I mean, I'm not a normal person, so I don't I, I wouldn't subscribe to this. But next year, assuming there's a vaccine and, you know, people are allowed to go out again, are they really going to want to go in a dark room and not say anything to anyone for a couple of hours? The, the, we, we were talking about this, way, Becky, um, in saying that the cinemas, cinemas have a bit, everything has a business model. Mm. So you work your business model um, based around a certain level of things. So you've got to make X to pay Y and to make Z. Yeah. Now, to do that, you've got to have A, your base customer. So this is what you are taking. You're going, right, that um, covers Y. So that A is going to pay for Y. So your base customer is going to pay your rent and your staffing costs and everything like that. And then you've got your next level customer. They're going to get you to the level where you have told the stock market you're going to get to. And then your C customer, that's your fucking, that's your boom there. That's what fucking tips you over. Now, your A customer is your customer who goes three times a month. It's us. Yeah. It's us, guys. Mm. That's your core customer. You're always going to go, you don't even need to fucking sell them anything. They're going to go to the cinema because it's what they do. Mm. So that's it. That's your fucking guys there. You know, you're going to you're gonna make your money off those guys. You're captive. Your B customer, audience. the ones that actually that start making your, your, your profit and start kicking in, are the customers who go once every six to eight weeks go out to it and then you see customer is you one who goes to the blockbusters now 
we've had a boom in cinema over the past few years because we've had more blockbusters. Mm. And they've, they've paced the blockbusters out, so there's at least one month to appeal to everybody. Mm. So it's boomed everything up a little bit. Um, but the problem is, to get A to keep going, there has to be stuff on. There has to yeah. be different stuff for it to go and see. Yeah. And it, it, that and that's, hasn't, that's what's that, there hasn't been that yeah. to, to, to go. So, but the problem is, <laughs> premium VOD, B customer and C customer will buy premium VOD because it's 20 quid a month for two of them. Mm-hmm. If they're buying one film, it's 20 quid maybe mm-hmm. to, to see one film. And same, C customer, every fucking six weeks, they'll buy it 20 quid. Fuck it, we'll stay and watch that, we'll get a day quid, we'll make a night of it. But A customer is going, well, hang on a minute. I go three times a fucking... I, I, go, I go five, six times a, a month. That's a hundred fucking quid. I'm not paying 20 quid to go and see something that I could have seen for five or I could have seen my limited card. Yeah. You know, so that's that's where that's where premium VOD is is not hitting the numbers that cinema is hitting because it, it's not going to get that churn. No. That's that's the simple fact. It, that that's where the math will never add up because you can't go right. Well, fucking Endgame made um, two and a half billion at the box office if released on premium VOD at twenty quid a pop. It'd have made the same. Well, it wouldn't because you'd have had eight people around the fucking room watching it paying one fee. Yeah. And it it, it wouldn't it wouldn't exist like that. No. It it, it doesn't. So. The problem at the moment with cinemas isn't that isn't that there isn't the the the, 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 the people there to, to go in to what it is it there just isn't the product. No. But the problem is when the studios are ready to go, oh there you go, there's the product there. And yeah. I go, too fucking late, we're closed. Yeah. 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 You know, we you you decide you you you've paid for that movie and, and it, it's gone. You can shut down what you're about to make mm. and wait. A little bit, you know. You, you might, there's going to be a gap of six to eight months where the Batman will get finished and these bits will get finished, and some of the big, big budget stuff that is greenlit might get made. But you're going to find a gap of, of six to eight months where, 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 where they're going to go. Do you know what? We don't need to make out because we've got shitloads ready to go, yeah. so we don't need it. And do you know what? That that isn't going to bother Chris Pratt. It isn't going to fucking bother. The Rock. But the lighting tech. The but, yeah, the lighting tech, the sound guy, the grips. It, it, it's going to bother those jobbing workers, and that's the people that it's going to go... But, and if, if if you are one of those people, I genuinely feel sorry for you, unless you're also one of those people on fucking Twitter saying they should never have reopened cinemas, you know, it was a danger to everyone's health. Not not a single outbreak has been linked to cinemas. But there have been loads linked to pubs. Yeah, and the pubs are still open. Yeah. Yeah, people yep. are going to be proms, the Royal Albert Hall, but they can't go, and they're going to fill it by 60%, but football stadiums can't put in 20% capacities. No, and again, you, you look at that, and, you know, that's not bothering, you know, the Paul Pogsters and the Royal Albert Hall, but it might be bothering the guy that runs... It, I'll the, tell you what, it fucking is bothering them. No, but not financially, is it? But the guy that runs the burger stand and the day workers that do the like ushering thing. They... Gonna fucking saw us. Gonna saw us. Gonna yeah. saw us. 
Yeah. That's how it fucking bothers. And that's that's a, it, it, that's a it, it's a half joke. But it's true. But it's true. And luckily, Gunnosaurus might have been saved because um, Meza Ozil has offered to pay his salary for the rest of Meza Ozil's contract that he has at Arsenal. He will pay Gunnosaurus's <laughs> salary for the year. That's amazing. Can I put point out? Gunnosaurus, the guy who is in the, the Gunnosaurus suit, Gunnosaurus is a mascot for Arsenal Football Club um, and has been since 1993, I believe, right? So that's 27 years, right? It's been played by the same guy that's for 27 amazing. years, mm. right? And granted, it, it, he can't, literally can't work doing it at the moment. It isn't his only job, but he, he is always the guy in that suit, mm. right? Um. And Gunnarsson is one of the universally liked mascots. And there's not a lot because most are shit. But he's brilliant. And he does loads. He does hospital visits. He does kids' soccer schools. He doesn't just prat around at the side of the pitch during a game. Mm. But he does do that. But I, he, the guy in the suit arranged, like the, the mascot runs and things like that, where all the mascots from all the uh, English football league clubs have a big race dressed as the mascots for charity. <laughs> and they're brilliant. Uh, but, yeah, he's he's always been the same guy that's been in it. And they've nothing to do, so they had to kind of let him go. So it, it, it's that. And like you say, it's the burger van guy outside the stadium. Yeah. It's the guy who for 40 years has sold fucking hat, badge and a scarf yeah. outside a football stadium. That is the people who this is will be fucking really affecting. Yeah. And it's you've got a problem with gig workers, with musicians and things like that. And soon that coming out basically and saying, well, they should try to handle something else. And it, it, this, is the, this is the issue we've got. And what is the solution? I don't know, but it's definitely not what we're doing now. Sevilla wanted to Sevilla, Sevilla, uh, 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 we're actually trying to sign Gunasaurus. <laughs> deadline day. Yeah. Sevilla tried to sign Gunasaurus on deadline day. <laughs> oh, and apparently, have actually he has actually signed a a temporary contract with Sevilla and will be going to their games. As, as gonna as sort of fuck off, what? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, the world's all right sometimes, isn't it? Fucking hell, that's fun. To be a part of thing on there, what is it saying? Um, dreams may do come true and announce gonna Soros. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Um, oh, do you know what's also some good news? Go on. We got more details about the new Resident Evil movie. Yeah, that's um the 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 article that you sent through. Yeah, so yeah. um as I think we previously discussed, um Johannes Roberts, uh, director of the Forty Seven Meters Down films, um the Strangers sequel, um like a, a few kind of like like basically genre films is going to be directing it, and it's essentially going to be combining elements of the first two games. Um, you know the Paul W.S. Anderson um, franchise is kind of, I suppose, most notable for the fact that Mila Jovovich's character has no presence in the games whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they uh, kind of like pulled in elements and characters and whatnot. Whereas this one, it's literally going to have Claire Redfield, Jill Valentine, Chris Redfield, Leon Kennedy, um, um, 
like all up in there. Uh, Wesker's going to be in there, obviously. Um, that casting great. for um, Jill Valentine is pretty much bang on as well for how Jill Valentine looks in Resident Evil, the first one. Uh, Hannah John Kamen. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting. So it's um, uh, Kaya Scodelaro uh, is going to be Claire Redfield. She's uh, uh, in the Maze Runner. She's the female lead in those. Um, she was in the uh, Wuthering Heights adaptation that Andrea Arnold did like ten years ago. Um, uh, Robbie Amell, um, who's in this Amazon show that um, Donna and I have been watching, Upload, which it is uh, amazing. Upload is amazing. I tell everyone that I fucking speak to to watch Upload. You really like? I, Upload, I loved it. Yeah, no, we started watching it last week, and um, we. Unfortunately, I had to stop uh, the other night because Lottie was in the room and it's like there's a little bit of swearing here and there, but she doesn't you, she doesn't listen to the TV. Um, but it was the one where they tried to bring the guy back in the old body and then it <laughs> up and lots like looked up and we were like, how much of that did you see? She was like a bit. And it was like she was like, what did you we said? What did you see? And she was just like something i don't think i was supposed to and it was oh. like right okay off that goes then um it's so but, bingeable as well isn't it sorry it's so bingeable yeah 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 ever so slight tangent because it's tv i like the fact that it's quite a light-hearted comedy but it's got some really dark moments to it and the overall plot of what's actually fucking going on with like why was he killed um is actually quite interesting so yeah. uh yeah, yeah, but uh, Robbie, so Robbie Amell is going to be Chris Redfield, um, which is, yeah, yeah, I think I can see that. Yeah. Um, and a guy from Zombieland Double Tap is going to be Leon Kennedy. So there you go. Oh shit, Neil McDonough is going to be William Birkin. Who was that? It, who's who's that in the Resident Evil games? He's the Doctor, isn't he? Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Oh, hang on, no, hang on. Is he not the guy in number two who is like the little girl's dad? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting casting. Who's playing him? Neil McDonough. Um, you'll know him when you see him. He's a hey, that guy. <laughs> but he's quite a bit older oh that guy <laughs> yeah so um i know i yeah. can see that though i'm, I'm all right with that to an extent yeah yeah just he looks a bit older um yeah i mean fucking hell i'll watch a resident evil film that's kind of more like the games than the last films were yeah, because, I mean, we were talking about it because I, I didn't get a chance to read the information you'd sent me until I got home. Um, and we were talking about it. And it's like, I, I really like the Resident Evil movies. I do. Um, but they have nothing to do with the fucking games. Mm. You know, even, no, even when they've tried to kind of smush in characters from the games, they're not like they are in the games. And they're not, it's not the same stories. So they're just names for like fan service for no reason yeah yeah Yeah. quite it's um i'm just looking forward to it being more of a straight horror Mm. as well because like they they really just that they basically were just like action horror you know how the games kind of 
went when you went from like resident evil one through to six um yeah i i I, i'm looking forward to it i think it'll be fun and i hope they chuck some money at it Mm. um and it's interesting because like there's a resident evil netflix show which is unconnected uh, to this it, it seems and there's a resident evil netflix cg film due out next year as well um yeah so, they're, they're kind of going for it aren't they yeah yeah they're really really going for it and you know resident evil 8 is out next year um or resident evil village as it's apparently called um and yeah why not let's have some more despair for despairing times i mean that that's the thing about like about horror though isn't it it's like it's quite refreshing watching horror in times like this because it's taking you out of this world and into a horror world where you're safe like you are not going to be affected by these these things and you can kind of like get some sort of cathartic response out of that so it does kind of feel like yeah all right then let's have resident evil i mean shit let's have a fucking another 28 days film because you know we're all fucking locked down anyway none of the fucking running zombies are going to be able to find anyone <laughs> yeah you're all just going to fucking starve it's better being in the pretend horror world where you are safe rather than the real horror world where you are not well talking films we could do with or watch yeah trailers trailers uh what's it when we watch them trail wise come on hit some hit me some uh um I like the look of Free Guy. I really like the look of Free Guy. I really hope that does actually come out around Christmas because that looks like a good couple hours of completely throwaway bollocks, which will have some like good comedy running all the way through it. I really hope that makes Christmas and it's not going to. <laughs> yeah. Don't hope for things, Ian. No, oh, the hope that kills you. Yeah, the yep. hope that kills you. You're right. Um, no, Free Guy looks fucking ace. From the first like thing that I heard about it, and I was like, fuck, have you seen? Ryan Reynolds has apparently got a movie coming out where he plays a non-player character in a video game, and you're like, nah, that sounds fake. And then we were like reading about it, and like since then I've like, yeah, that sounds like a really interesting premise. Oh, I like the fact that he, he refers to the train, which essentially is the bit that you can't get past that drops you back into another part of the game, as the murder train. The murder train, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it just seems like it's it's Ryan Reynolds doing doing dead panery that we know he can do it, you know, really really well, and just going, do you know what? I'm going to make a movie that could be really fun. Yeah 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 i mean yeah. It, it it feels like its original summer blockbuster slot was suitable but so is a couple of weeks before christmas yeah mm-hmm. yeah the, the, the only mild bit where i went oh no during the trailer was when taiki watiti turned up and i was like oh god no i hope he's only in it for three minutes you need to get over your taiki watiti thing no he needs to get over his taiki watiti thing <laughs> is what needs to happen um, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> Can't really argue with that. What else have we got? Uh, got some voodoo shit. Got some voodoo shit with spell. Yeah. Oh a yeah, movie, what's that? A movie that aggressively tells you it's on VOD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what did we liken it to the other day? Blah blah blah, but with voodoo. Oh, I can't remember now. Sounds of endearment. 
<laughs> no. It wasn't far off. <laughs> um, no, I, I will watch any any movie that's based around voodoo. Misery, but with voodoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. misery, but with voodoo. Ooh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it genuinely does. Like, it seems like it's a guy who is involved in a plane crash, uh, and he's found by a older voodoo lady who literally keeps him prisoner by the power of voodoo. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, that it's sounds good. November, I think it's on. It's on VOD. So I like Loretta Devine as well. I love her voice. She's got such a like spooky, breathy kind of voice. Yeah, it it, it does look good. Um, the uh, The Witches, a movie which has been unceremoniously dumped on HBO Max. Fucking hell! Yeah, like, does that come out in the cinema over here? Then, like an American Pickle did. Uh, the, uh, maybe. Literally, it was like they went, hey, hey, do you want a trailer for The Witches? Do you want a trailer for The Witches? Yeah. It's going to hit Bill Max, by the way. What? Now? Just keep an eye out at the end. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but they, they've said HBO Max in the US, and then they will release it internationally where they can. Yep. And it's, yeah, do you know what? I'd watch this in the cinema. I'll go see Anne Hathaway and Stanley Tucci be a bit campy for an hour and a half. Yeah. So I, 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 unlike the rest of the world, it would appear, I, I had no fucking hold, no special place for the witches. Oh, the original witches is is really good. Angelica Houston is is great as the Grand High Witch. <sighs> she is. Fine, um, but the I, I, shame for me, it's not. I, I, I. I I don't care that much. No, I'm not. I'm not like super offended that they've remade it or anything like that. I'm. I actually think this looks pretty good. I think Anne Hathaway looks quite good as the as the Grand High Witch, and some of the effects are a little bit ropey, but you know it is what it but, is. But that's what you get with Zemeckis. Well, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, that, that, I'm actually kind of looking forward to watching yeah. this, to be honest. And Stan, yep. Stanley Tucci beats. Mr. Bean is the hotel manager for me. Stanley Tucci beats most people. Uh, the 355. This looks really good. Yep. Super spy movie with um, Jessica Chastain, Penelope Cruz, what's the name of the place of the British agent? Oh, Peter Nyong'o. Peter Nyong'o. Yeah. Um, as like, essentially like super spies that are having all joined together to save the world. Yep. Sold. <laughs> Big old fucking... So it's like Ocean's 8, but it actually fucking means something. Yeah. Yep, fucking sold. <laughs> Dan Kruger. Dan Kruger, yeah. Yeah. Coming out in January, so we'll see it October 2022. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily, this one's got a, got a... Coming out in January on premium VOD. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of got that written all over it, hasn't it? That's the... And no, because I mean it's interesting because AMC have said, look, we'll still be open. We've got that fucking deal with Universal, so Universal will let us have their content, no problem, because they know a couple weeks after they can stick it on VOD if they want. Yeah. So, you know, that's uh, and and the three five five is a Universal film. So to be fair, the three five five may well make January. It could it'd be, it'd be nice if it did. Um, Sound of Metal. Yeah, oh, I didn't see this. The trailer yeah. is a is a fucking good trailer. Mm. 
it's I was a little bit like not really sure about this. I hadn't quite jumped on the Riz Ahmed train yet. Um, is there a train? There is, yeah. I think I, I, I remarked to you, and we'll talk about Riz Ahmed shortly, to you, Bex. He's like the not shit Rami Malik. Um, but yet, Sound of Metal um, looks really fucking good. A drummer who has tinnitus that is literally causing him to go deaf. Yep. Yep. But seems to have a bit of a bit of something to it. Yeah, it does look really, it does look really interesting. Mm. Um, the Craft Legacy. <laughs> oh fuck! I forgot to watch this. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, nobody, nobody has said for the past twenty five years why the Craft sequel. Do you know what it has done though? What? It's made me really want to watch the Craft. That that's fine, and the Craft is is is, is a good film. Yeah. Uh, the Craft Legacy. I will watch the shit out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're not expecting it to be good. No. 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 Looks like looks like somebody watched the craft, right? <laughs> fell asleep during it, woke up at the end and went. I've got a really good idea for a movie. <laughs> I'm gonna do a sequel of that. <laughs> and then and then went to it and pitched it. And as he was there pitching it to somebody, they go, oh, yes, this moment. And this moment from the original was great, wasn't it? And he's thinking, oh, I don't remember that. Shit, now I fall asleep again. Yeah. And I went, fuck it, I'll wing it. And then just winged it <laughs> completely. I don't like that they've nicked the, what, like, the hey, mister, we are the weirdos line from the first one. Because it, is, is that because it, it is clunky as fucking this? Oh, it's so badly delivered as well. It, it literally is like like the guy they deliver it to is then turn around after it and goes, I mean, you're not. You are literally, you just look like a normal bunch of like four fucking girls. There's some weirder guys over there. And there's some fucking really weird guys there. And there's, there's, there's two like 16 year olds who are dressed as fucking unicorns fucking right <laughs> over there you're not the fucking weirdos anymore you're just not they're, they're, they're so basic the girls as well aren't they they're not it is it's it, it, again what it do, almost like you said like he's gone what if we took the craft and clueless ah 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 yeah <laughs> it just seems like a fucking riverdale spin-off wasn't it it does yeah uh final one Borat. Uh, yeah, go on then. Need a bit, need a bit of a laugh. Hopefully there'll be a few in there. That's about it, really. If it's more of the second half of the trailer, yeah. If it's more of the first half of the trailer, I'm a little bit like, right. I'm not sure that this isn't the satire you think it is. <laughs> it this is just you going for really fucking cheap laps. Yeah. I and just, that's I, my worry. I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen needs to make a decision as to which iteration of himself he wants to be. Does he want to be the guy doing fucking TED Talks and trial Chicago Seven Spy and stuff like that? Or does he want to be the guy who does fucking shite like Bruno and Borat? He can't really be both. He can't be taken seriously and be making crap like this. No, I, I, my, my worry is that, that in an age where literally life is satire. Mm. Where does it have a place? Where does satire have a place? Yeah. And, 
I don't think that Borat is a satirical masterpiece that people seem to think it is. No. Because I, I genuinely just think that the, the, the people who who don't know it's satire just think that it's a stereotype and it's funny and isn't yeah. it? What is it? That. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's become that. That has become the stereotype. And I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a little bit like, do you know what? Maybe 2020 doesn't need this mm. <laughs> right fucking now. That's it. The thing is, like, he seems like quite an intelligent, switched-on guy when you see him in who real ju- who life. Who occasionally just has too much fizzy pop. Yeah, that's it. Like, I, I just, I've never liked his. I've, I've not seen Borat, so I can't comment on Borat, but. I don't like his, yeah, his stereotype. Borat's actually crap. quite funny. Mm. And I was surprised, because I'm, I'm not a big Sash Baron Cohen fan, but I was surprised that Borat is actually quite funny. Mm. But it was funny because of the amount of time you had to spend with it. I'm just not sure about a sequel. <laughs> but we'll watch it and we'll see, because it's available on Amazon Prime in, like, three weeks. <laughs> yeah, quite. I mean, that's it. It's the week before... Um, is it... Like pretty much the week before uh, Halloween, that, yep. that that's out, I believe, uh, October twenty third. So what? It's like, fucking hell, two weeks Friday. Christ. Yeah. Borat two and Rebecca's going to be a hell of a double bill that week. Christ. Fucking hell, yeah. Right. Should we, should we review a movie? Go on then. Fucking review a movie. Siberia. <laughs> Oh wow, we all right, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do the devil all the time. <laughs> nah, fuck it. We'll do Siberia. Go on. Siberia is uh, an Italian film um, directed by Abel Ferrar uh, and uh, written by Abel Ferrar and Chris Zois. Uh, it stars Willem Dafoe, Simon McBurney, <laughs> and other people. Uh, it is. Well, it's the story about a man who suffers hallucinations and dreams and visions uh, that seem to tell the story of his life in a non-linear way and also in a non-logical way. It is Willem Dafoe fucking about with dogs, uh, going to caves, a lot of naked people dancing and a fucking maypole. You really enjoyed I the maypole. I fucking loved the maypole. Right? The maypole was um, good. Before we get into it, right, I need to ask you a question here. Mm. So how familiar familiar are you with the films of Abel Ferrar? Uh, I mean, to an extent, you know, the big ticket ones I've seen. Um, but I can't say I'm a completist. Um, you know, like Bad Lieutenant, King of New York, um yeah, those are the two big ones. What was that fucking one that he did with... Um, is it Welcome to New York, the one he did with Gerard Depardieu? Yes. I think I... Re- yeah, I reviewed that for Godzilla. Jesus. Well... Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with him. See, I've not watched that much of his um, post-2010 stuff. Sure. Um, but I was heavily into Abel Ferrar um, in sort of like the, the, the 90s. So, you know, I watched pretty much everything he did which wasn't that easy um, mm-hmm. in those times there. Um, so it's it, it interesting the fact that this is definitely not a filmmaker who has lost his edge to just be a bit of a visual prick. 
so Ian, Siberia, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's, I mean, Willem Dafoe is fucking fantastic. He's having to do a lot here. A lot of emotions, a lot of graphic content, you know, pretending to be different, uh, all sorts of different fucking people through the course of it. Um, And I thought he was great. I thought it looked brilliant. It's one of those films that does make me think, how the fuck does anyone ever think they'll make money in the film industry making a film like this? Like, it looks like it had like a good chunk of money thrown at it. It, it doesn't look cheap at all, but it's like, who the fuck is this for? <laughs> Where does I go? Yeah, but no, I mean, that's it. But there's not many people like us. So, you know, I mean, like the type of people who see Siberia are the type of people who get press passes for LFF and they don't have to pay for them. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, I mean, I I enjoyed my time with it, weirdly enough. I've got no fucking idea what happened. And I've got to write up a review of it yet, and I don't know where to start. Um, I mean, it, it, it very, very evocative. Um, gets you in its fucking dream-like grasp in the first 10, 15 minutes or so, and then doesn't let go for another hour and a quarter. The hell of a fucking experience. Just to say as well, it plays LFF uh, this Saturday. It is available on the BFI player. Um, so if you if you want to watch it and if you're listening to this before this Saturday, then there you go. Um, yeah, a- absolutely bonkers. But I, I, yeah, I can't lie. I enjoyed my time with it. What do you guys think? Bex, what did you think of it? Yeah, I, pretty much the same, to be honest. Mental. Don't really know what, what the thing, the vibe was, what was going on so much, but I enjoyed watching it. Um, I think the idea is supposed to be that he, like he used to be a doctor and something's happened and he's gone to work a bar in Siberia and then he's gone off to a cave to have like um like a soul-finding mission type thing those are called something aren't they when you go out into the desert and drink like pure in a walkabout no um um yeah i know what you mean yeah specific word for it but yeah i think vision quest vision quest yeah Yeah, for a vision quest with his with his doggos which no i think the dogs were imaginary as well because he says at the beginning doesn't he that the the people it's one of his memories is of the dogs Mm. when you went went to fishing or something with his dad and he's just kind of exploring his past and like dream versions of what happened in his past and just kind of reflecting on his life. So I think that's kind of what it's meant to be on like a surface level. But I, I just think the way that it was done was was really interesting. The um, there, was, there was a lot of nakedness, though. A lot of nakedness. There's a big woman who needs to see a doctor. She did need to see a doctor, but she was dancing. Yeah. Um, there was, you know, equal opportunities, nakedness. There was, there was some, some, some P as well as V. Yep, there was indeed. Um, 
only bit that made me uncomfortable was you know the bit where he's he's, he's banging his ex-wife yeah um and then it changes to all the other girls that he's like clearly banged throughout his like memories and then it changes back to his wife and then it's his mum didn't like that it was a it was a an old tape like he wasn't banging his mum she was just hovering over him but like yeah. he was still naked what yeah. came for that still going for it on but yeah the easily the most enjoyable bit was where he was supposed to be childhood willem dafoe but he was still a grown-up and he was dancing around the main park and you know willem dafoe had a fucking blast shooting that <laughs> and all of those kids were just going what's going on mm. yep yeah. i thought it was great yeah i had a good time with it but it's, it's very obscure i was i was watching it going I, I, I was watching it going right i like the fact that there's a big sort of long uh monologue uh over like the opening credits and i was thinking all right i'm, I'm fucking i'm digging this just to say as well that was so interesting like because yeah. those opening credits are several minutes long and he's just chatting over them like it was such a like the whole film's quite discombobulating but that was such a just a fucking like what the fuck's going on here then like I'm, I, yeah god i've got to be paying attention haven't i you know it was yeah I, sorry a really interesting way of starting it sorry yeah and it really was wasn't it it kind of made you go oh okay um what's what's going on here um and then because i was starting to think when it started i was thinking right is it going to be right what's going on then and he's in he's in the bar isn't he and then you're going through that and you're thinking all right is this going to be just essentially people pass through through and we get we get to look at that um and then you have the you know the the inuit guy that comes in and then you have the the guy on the gambling machine and then with the guy on the gambling machine and then you get him falling down a cliffside and at that point i thought all right no it's not going to be that and then he's back in the bar and you get the the pregnant lady coming in and it's like all right this has got a little bit fucking, a little bit jazzy here. I quite like this. Um, Spicy. Yeah. And then it just goes fucking mental. And I'm thinking, I'm enjoying this. It's visually, it looked, like you said, Ian, there, it looks fantastic. It looks like there's been money spent there. And bear in mind, Abel Farrar had, had, had a lot of years where he was still making movies, but there was being no money spent on them. Like, he was, he was living essentially... He wasn't living in a plush fucking mansion anywhere or a nice fucking Tribeca loft in New York or anything like that. He was a film-to-film filmmaker. Um, and not even that long ago, uh, and probably is still is still now, he's an artist who will not compromise. And I think that that, you know, filmmakers like him should be celebrated because uh, they're, they're a dying breed. Uh, of ones that are able to still do it and will just not fucking relinquish their, their principles for anything. And, and, and But it looked fantastic. He manages to utilise the spaces that he's got. And then all of a sudden when it goes into the desert and you're going, all right, fuck, you've had a change of pace now. Fucking let's go. And then you got to the fucking dance sequence with a maypole and I just thought, this is just brilliant. This is just, I don't... I don't care that I don't really know what's going off going on, but it, it's it, it, it's fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, it's it is just one of those films where it's like if you want to see something that you just haven't seen before, um, even though there are definitely elements of lynchiness to it throughout. Oh yeah. Um, the, 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 
there's a there's a bit you know when he falls down the cliffside mm. and he's falling down that. I, I was watching it going, and part of it you're watching it with everything that's gone on in the background of your mind a little bit of the past sort of week in terms of cinema. And I'm actually going, imagine what that, the, the sound design um, within that scene would have sounded like on a big fucking cinema. Yeah, yeah, you're right. System. And you've been like, this would have been, this this whole thing would have been fucking great in a, in, in a, in a, a cinema landscape. Yeah, because I mean, this is the thing. It's like I had to watch it on my iPad with like Lottie in the background. I, you know, I had noise cancelling, and she wasn't she wasn't being a bother. But that's very very different from if you were actually seeing it at Fair Fat, a press screening, or something like that. So yeah, I mean, like if it's on BFI player on Saturday night, you know, turn those lights off, airplay it onto your fucking TV, turn it up, like try and get some of that because it like from an like visual and auditory point of view it's a hell of a thing i mean yep. you know god god knows what it was actually about but yeah and mark likes an art house film yeah well, yeah it's yeah. an art house film that contains Willem for dancing around the maypole while doing a weird fucking grin i can't remember uh that the um that is getting his freak on with a girl who's doing herself but it's still an art house film right after that yeah so so yeah it, it, it's it, it ticked a lot of my boxes yeah yeah um also one of uh, one of the the great cheap jump scares i've seen in recent memory um the slot machine rolling and it's like is it gonna is it gonna pay out is it gonna pay out and then cut to that fucking dog attacking yeah <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah it, it's fucking great it, it does literally just cut like mid fucking what is it the next shot it's horrible wrong. it's fucking horrible it scared the shit out of me so this is a warning basically <laughs> i was a bit i didn't go oh it's got intense what? uh I didn't, I didn't put an audience poll for this because it's a it's a film that most people won't have been able to see so i felt a little yeah. bit like kind of like you know fucking bragging a little bit yeah. there so uh so I didn't put on an audience poll, but I, I, I'm definitely not shit. Yeah, no, it's definitely not shit. Yes, it's, it's not comprehensible, but it's it's definitely not shit. It, it, if it, if it was five minutes longer, you'd start to go, nah, you've outstayed your welcome now. But it it it, it does what it needs mm. to do and gets the fuck out mm. and is full along the way. Yeah, just that fucking death metal scene as well. Oh it's yeah, it's like a reveal of what they're kicking, like. <laughs> What the fuck was that? No, I mean, it's just... And the thing is, I mean, like, it might sound like, oh, is it like a horror movie or something? No, not really. I mean, it's just very surreal, both at terms dreamlike and nightmarish. But it, it, it's just a fucking oddity. Yeah, that's it. It, 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 it is a, a, a very much a cure of a movie, but I'm glad I watched it. You need them sometimes, don't you, to make you kind of go, hmm... It's it's a film that, that that has fun with itself whilst never being that much fun. Yeah. Oh. Apart from the maple bit. I mean the maple bit's fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. Go. Cool. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. 
while you're in luck. Ponto. Round one. Fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in that's the third time though. I mean, am I, is this on? Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting four and five year olds in front of this movie, it's like if they didn't know what death was before this, they're gonna know it after it. They're gonna know it after it and they're gonna be freaking terrified. And they're gonna be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like all the orphans and like, oh no, we're gonna die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further. The His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, do, 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 do. shall we do uh, we'll do our other LFF one um, and we'll do uh, Morgan Morgley uh, which is a a British um, film starring uh, director um, Basim um, Tariq um, written by him and written by uh, star of the movie uh, Riz Ahmed uh, also stars Ali Khan and Sudabusha uh, Aisha Hart and other actors. Um, is the story of Zed, a British Pakistani uh, rapper who uh, himself is based in New York, but has just hit the level where he's he's one of the older statesmen of his game, but he's just starting to get the recognition he deserves and gets booked on a big tour. Uh, the tour is in Europe, so he goes home first. It's the first time he's been home for a couple of years. He goes home first because his girlfriend like guilts him about it. Yeah. Um, but then um, in a, an altercation with a, a fan who mistakes him for a other rapper, other Pakistani rapper, um, is admitted to hospital where it's found out that he has uh, an autoimmune disease. Uh, and that is the story of the film of him trying to come to terms with that whilst also coming to terms with um, being essentially the person that he is whilst also being a British Pakistani um, mm-hmm. and, you know, living with with, with, with those um, conflicts or those clashing of, of cultures, I think, would be the, 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 the way to say it there. Um, Ian, what did you think of this? Fucking loved it. Um, I, I thought this was great. Um, it... Not an ounce of fat on it. Uh, I was engaged the entire 
way through. Um, I thought Riz Ahmed was brilliant. He's this like this guy who you could, you know, you can see the talent. You can see why people are drawn to him, but he's also a bit of a prick. Um, that that's it. You, you can see the talent, you can see how people are drawn to him, but you can also see why he is the age he is and hasn't quite crossed that threshold. And it could be because he's a bit of a dick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, but uh, and that's the thing because he is a bit of a dick. But he's only a bit of a dick. You do get, you you know, you do get behind him. You do it. And it's very hum, like human empathy, what it is he's going through and how you connect with that. Um, but I thought it, it, his relationship with, with his dad was a, a heck of a thing. Um, you know, the, the, the scene towards the, the towards the end where they're kind of singing in the bathroom. Brilliant. Um, but the direction's really interesting as well it's like this mix of like almost like social realism but then also like live performances and then kind of like dreamed performances and then very like surreal moments as well it's but it's a very sure hand that kind of uh keep keeps that um all together um if it you know in a sane world i think riz ahmed would potentially be getting some fucking awards talk, certainly for like the British independent scene. Um, and I really, really hope it gets its due. Um, like when it actually comes out. So it comes out in November. Um, just before you guys, I, I just want to like talk about when it's screening. Yeah. Um, so it is available on BFI player between 6.30 on Saturday uh, night until 6:30 on Tuesday. So, you know, you've got a fair chunk of time to get it watched. It is also screening uh this Saturday at BFI Southbank. Um wow, screenings in pretty much all the screens all day. It also plays the London Barbican on Saturday, the Broadway in Nottingham on Saturday, Curzon Soho, Glasgow Film Theatre. Those are all on Saturday. It plays home at Manchester. Tuesday the 13th it also plays the ICA in London the Prince Charles uh on Tuesday as well Queen's Film Theatre in Belfast plays on Saturday same on uh Sheffield on Saturday and it also plays the Watershed in Bristol my old stomping grounds on Saturday as well I really fucking liked it if you feel like going out to the cinema it's a hell of a choice to watch if you don't BFI players there for you, Mark Beck. Bex, what do you think? Well, that, that's it. I, I think what I'd say, just to add on what you said there, Ian, before I come to you, Bex, and what you think about it, if that's all right. Um, if 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 you have a vague interest in watching this and you're th- and you think of you're thinking about going to see it, I I I would because it's it's certainly there. Also, I will say, Ian, I think the reason why Riz Ahmed isn't getting the uh, the awards buzz. Is because that they're saving that for uh, Sound of Metal, I think. Yeah, yeah, is what, yeah. Is what, is what I've heard is that if you think he's good in this, wait till you see him in this. Mm. Quite weird that you've got an actor who has two films about musicians that have uh, an illness that stops them from being musicians around the same time. Often you can get that thing. We have two films that have a similar. What is it? But not. But, but it's very rare you get the same yeah. actor, but that look very fucking different in mm. terms of the way that they're they're uh, pitched to you. Um, Bex, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's very very good. I think it 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 does a really good job of portraying him as being 
vulnerable kind of a dick at points and just really fucking desperate to not you know he's, he's worked hard to get to that point where he gets that one shot chance and it's been it, at the last minute it's been hooked away from him and it's, it's kind of heartbreaking really you can kind of see why he is a bit of a dick at points because it must be so frustrating to be in that position yeah um the relationship with his, his family is really interesting as well because i think you've got he, he he has got these two sort of bits of his life kind of rubbing up against each other there's the there's the fact that he's a rapper and he wants to be known as zed and then he's got his family kind of going well this is your culture zed is not your name you know you, you can't just throw away all of what you've been raised to be mm. to wear a mask and be something else well, what sorry, sorry, there's those two warring elements well, that's it. I, I think there's an interesting thing here in, in, in that um, we we enjoyed it, mm. all, all, all three of us, I think. Um, but I think that there's there's an extra element, an extra layer of of kind of um, screen recognition in the fact that in this country we do have a a, a large um, Middle Eastern community. Um, we have a large um, Pakistani community in in this country. Um, and quite a vibrant mm. culture, mm. Um, and you're going to get, you know, a lot of that. You're going to watch it and sort of get an extra level. I, I, I won't understand certain bits of that of that culture. I, I can get it, and I can visualise it, and I can see what's there, but I won't have experienced that. So there's the, the, there is those things that, that that come into play with it. That is that extra little level of. Um, a, 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 in the basis of terms of seeing your yourself on the screen mm. in the same way. But I do think it does a really good job, though, as well, of, of being inclusive. a window on that. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a, yeah, a window into sort of looking into, you know, not in depth or anything, but just getting a glimpse of a culture that yeah. you're not maybe familiar with. Yeah. And I don't think it makes makes you feel stupid for not being familiar with no, it, or it it doesn't and it's not it, it's not exploitative or anything like that mm. it, it's it's basically just showing family life mm. um of, of that which is great i i i don't think i'm quite as high as, as Ian is, but i really enjoyed it um it, it as well isn't afraid to throw in little bits of kind of of moments of levity in it mm. that make you go all right, that that that's that's quite amusing. I think the moments of levity help you um, help you get on better with Riz Ahmed's character because it, it, it's it. He's not he's not like you said, Ian. He's not a massive prick. He just can be a bit of a dick sometimes. Mm. Um, but then you've got when RPG turns <laughs> at the thing and basically starts going about the fact that if there's no apartheid, uh, there's no Nando's chicken. <laughs> And it's like, what? <laughs> but I mean, within that scene, it's funny, culturally relevant, and actually kind of makes sense <laughs> within the fabric of that scene. But it makes sense for him to say, it makes sense for the manager to look at him and go, shut now. And, and for Riz Ahmed to go, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean... Is there any talk about how scary that like, one guy is? Oh yeah, the um, the the the, 
the, the big guy yeah. who's constantly there with his headdress on. The vision quest leader, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not the vision quest you want. Fucking hell. Yeah. I mean, his headdress is pretty cool, but the guy himself is a bit terrifying. A bit scary, yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it's 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 very good. Uh, a very never tries to overreach with its sentimentality or it's trying to it never tries to have a big moment and it's just i like the way it yeah and like you said following on from that the fact that it doesn't wrap up all that much like he's you know the end the medical stuff is going in a direction but he's definitely not there yet um you know, but there's there's a kind of like an on-off girlfriend, and the way that that leaves off, it feels very real. Yeah. You know, it, it 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 you know it it that's the thing. This film's so interesting, where like in his mind, there's quite a lot of surreal stuff going on, but outside of like the moments where it's him thinking or dreaming or whatever, it's very 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 real. Um. I, yeah, and I, I think it's the, uh, the, the director's directorial debut as well, and it's just very, very fucking assured work. This, um, yeah, I, I was, yeah, as you say, Mark, I was really, really fucking taken with it. It's, I, I think it's, it's a great bit of work. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely not sure. It's, yeah, uh, it's his second film. His first, his first, um, his first one was a documentary. Okay, okay, interesting. Um, and what, what, forgive me what's his name again uh basam um Tariq. yeah basam Tariq. yeah that's fucking fantastic job i'm look, looking forward to seeing what he does next yeah absolutely yeah yeah very interesting um so yeah yeah uh ian what, what were you back saying you were definitely not shit were you yes yeah i'll tell you what i didn't mean not got just it, leave yeah. me out after yeah. you interrupted me but yeah uh, okay. um ian what have you been watching this week very animal focused weirdly um so i've also watched another lff thing uh so this is a documentary called stray um which is 72 minutes long and it basically uh chronicles the lives of a few stray dogs in turkey where they're not so basically in turkey they're not allowed to kind of like impound and terminate dogs apparently they used to and then there were massive protests and they stopped doing it so there's loads of stray dogs in turkey and this it follows uh, a few specific dogs uh, zaytin nazar and kartal um and it basically follows them around and then kind of picks up on kind of conversations people are having around them or like people interacting with the dogs but it's obviously this person with a camera, uh, Elizabeth Lowe is the is the director, who just follows these dogs around and then follows these like groups of kids and whatnot around as they're interacting with the dogs. Um, and yeah, I thought it was really fucking good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's um. I mean, if you if you are a dog fan, you know, the the dogs like have fights with each other and whatnot. But there's no no one's ever um, like being um, 
like mean to the dogs or anything like that you know uh you you don't have to worry uh, 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 about that at all um oh and it's literally on iplayer from tomorrow um so to be fair by the time this is out it's it's probably been and gone basically so apologies um but yeah it's just a very it's just a very charming bit of work to be fair like there's um there's a moment where these dogs are going through this uh uh parade on valentine's day and it's uh what what looks to be like a feminist group um and there are these two dogs just shagging and it kind of (laughs) And it picks up on this one woman saying, like, only do it if you want to. And, you know, this other woman, like, trying to get the male dog off. Like, get off her, get off her. And, you know, it's like, all right, then fair enough. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I just, it's it's a really odd bit of work. And I mean, it, it does take you out of it because they obviously don't try to hide the camera very much because there's a, a lot of times where people are just looking at the camera and kind of like talking to their friends and obviously being like, what the fuck is going on here then? You know, but it's, um, the dogs are brilliant. Um, just like lovely dogs. Um, and yeah, it's just like an hour and 12 minutes of dogs on the streets of Turkey. And I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also uh, watched another film featuring dogs. Went to the cinema. Spent £17 on Warner Home Entertainment presents Cats and Dogs Paws Unite. So this is a film that wasn't even supposed to get a big screen release. But then COVID happened and they obviously went, fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> and uh, opened at number it, two. It, uh, it, it, it's the it's the third instalment of a movie that's first movie did really quite well. It's second movie did appalling. It's third movie was a TV movie that we're going to show at cinemas anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, do you know what? It made nearly four hundred grand at the weekend. That's not that bad. Nope. It's not that bad. It's not a blockbuster. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, it's going to be playing for a few weeks yet. That thing will clear a million. I bet Warner's never fucking dreamed that would happen. Um, what the fuck's the story? Um, <laughs> there's a cat and a dog. They live in the same apartment complex. The cat is voiced by the high-pitched voice woman from The Big Bang Theory. The dog is voiced by Schmidt from New Girl. So there's your idea at the level of the talent involved here. Um, a bird um, has taken over the cats and dogs joint intelligence system, which is called Fart. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what it stands for either, but um, yeah, it's called Fart. Um, a bird has taken over the system, and together with his um, lizard um, colleague, has developed a signal which turns cats and dogs against each other and the cat and dog have to stop this um problem with this film spends far too much time on the humans so you've also got the dog's owner who's this like lad who plays tennis and his mother wants him to be the next roger federer and he doesn't want to and the girl's dad was a like one album wonder from the 90s who is running out of money 
and there's an awful lot with the boy and the girl. And I, to be honest with you, I was just like, let's just get back to the cats and dogs, eh? Let's just see what they're up to. That'll be fun. Um, the shots of the cats and dogs interacting with computer equipment are incredible. <laughs> it's basically somebody just getting like pretend cat hands and just like flapping the keyboard. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's there's a moment where something appears above them and you can see a string. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, literally at the start it said Warner Brothers Home Entertainment presents, and it was like you fucking kidding. Like, yeah, it's cats and dogs paws unite. What what can you say? Like Lottie said herself, it was a bit boring at the start. Because it took a while for them to be secret agents. It's like, yeah, do you know what, kid? Fair point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's an evil bird. He dresses <laughs> in a little Superman costume. Fair enough. Do, do, you, know what, uh, do you know what? That's got... Hmm. That's got in fucking March of next year when Sky go, and tonight's premiere is... Yeah. And dogs, because literally we've got nothing. Yeah. We've got nothing. I'll go. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. But I mean, fair play. Warner Brothers saw an opportunity. They're number two at the box office and four hundred grand. It's not brilliant. It's not awful. You know, they thought they were going to make the box office what I was there. Straight up. And, you know, there were quite a lot of people in there. It was actually hard to get a book a seat. I mean, you know, social distancing being what it is and Showcase take that seriously. You know, Showcase obviously have to have two screens playing Cats and Dogs Paws Unite, which is probably why St. Maud's not playing there this weekend. (laughs) Um, But, you know, hey. Um, And finally, um, I watched on Disney Plus lovely 4k dolby vision uh version of this who framed roger rabbit um the i think for the degree of difficulty and the resources they had this might be one of the most technically impressive films of all time yep like fucking hell yeah it it also it it, it, there is no way that that film should work as well well as it works no no i mean it's so much fun um bob hoskins is absolutely perfect casting and that man's furry as fuck as well there's yeah. that scene where he's got his shirt off and it's like oh bob i'm becoming you you know it's um a hell of a, a hell of a thing um but no i mean and he he he's a man who seems to look at it who seems to in the film seems to be going do you know what i'm going to enjoy the living fuck out of doing this <laughs> yeah there's a man bob Walker is a man who loved doing what he did it's it's yeah and yeah you're right he just goes for it the song that he has it, it is is brilliant yeah well towards the end yeah, his, his, his song number. I've watched it for a number of years, but it's, it's just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's um hell of a thing. Um, it, it, I mean, it, it's it's funny. 
the mystery is actually quite engaging judge doom is brilliant that shit at the end is amazing um just the whole idea of the dip as well just this stuff that literally snuffs cartoons out of existence and he does it to this like really cute shoe I mean, it's fucking horrifying it's quite it's quite grim at points <laughs> yeah yeah um and Alan Silvestri's score is fantastic as well. Like it's lo- so many different moods he has to meet, and he he does it. It's um yeah, I w- fucking brilliant. There's a really actually really good uh, like forty minute long documentary about the making of it on Disney Plus as well. Um so yeah, I had I just had like a really I watch. Yeah no, it's I mean it was obviously like based on uh, like on the DVD special edition or something, but it's good. Um. Yeah, it was just a, a nice evening of Who Framed Roger Rabbit content. Um, so, yeah, and like I say, the, four, the 4K, it's a really, really nice transfer as well. And that film's not getting a 4K physical release anytime soon, so it's probably the best we're going to get. But, yeah, it worked. So, uh, yeah, there we go. And that is me. Cool. Thanks. What are you watching? I haven't watched anything about what, we, what we've been watching. Oh, what we've been watching. Yeah. We... Well, of course, we watched Hot the Time Machine because we went the cabin and we went in a hot tub but we've spoken about that quite regularly yeah. uh it's still a fucking masterpiece yes yeah yes it is. Like, genuinely i adore this movie more every time i watch it and i watch it a lot <laughs> it's just so funny it is fucking great yeah yeah uh but what else do you watch we won't talk about the game because we're going to talk about the game in our what's it in our um fincher as yet untitled um Fincher uh, series. Can I say one thing about the game? What? It's fucking great. Yeah, it is great. Go on then, Bex, do you want to talk about death? So we watched Creep, but not Creep with the guy out of the league. Creep, the 2004 film with Run Lola Run in it. Um, Frank Potenti. So, yeah. Um, It's been a while since we've seen this. It's not available on anything. Uh, so it's not on any of the streaming services. And if you try and search for where it might be available, it just comes up with the, um, what's it? Is it Mark the Plas? It is, isn't it? Um, with that one. So it's a bit difficult to kind of try and source. But as part of our um, going away on holiday to the cabin prep, what we normally do is we go to CEX and buy a load of DVDs to take with us. Um, we were running a little bit out of time this time. So we went up in the loft instead where there's about, 12 moving boxes full of dvds so there was a plethora of choice um and found creep so obviously things we've been wanting to rewatch it for a while decided to take it with us um it's it's a really good well put together low budget horror um it's creep you can you can see the low budget in it now watching it from a distance away um and obviously it's on dvd so the Pitch quality made it look a bit worse than it probably is. It's a on. nasty piece of work. It, it, it is so grim. It is so much grimmer than I remember it being. Yeah. And I, I always forget that Sean Harris plays the, the monster in it. What's he called? Craig or something? Yeah. <laughs> the monster Craig. Craig. <laughs> um, it, it, oh, it's, it's so brutal. It is, it, it, it's, it, it's nicely grim. It, it's a proper, it, it's a proper low budget. But even like the stuff that's not like gory grim, like even that bit where he tries to rape her is really kind of like it's done quite rawly. 
that sounds bad in this in the terms of rape but it is done in yeah. in quite a it's not um ott it's just really fucking uncomfortable to watch um but yeah the the, the gory bits are obviously the grimmest bits there's there's fingernail trauma as well in the we don't like fingernail trauma no it's not no Mm. But it does have. Uh, oh god, and that bit with the lady where he, where he has the knife, and you don't see it going upper, but you see the fucking arm movement. You know oh, where yeah, his arms he's, 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 he's really going for his Craig. Isn't oh, he? Yeah. Craig, Craig's a wrong. Craig's a wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Franca Vidente, uh, been fucking great. I mean, yeah, yeah, she's she's. She's a bit of a dick, though, isn't she? Oh, I like, I like the fact that you... Of course you fucking do. You feel sorry for her. Uh, <laughs> in the sense of what she's doing. But yeah, she essentially... The, the, the mad thing is, what I always forget is the crux and the base of the original, the, the start of the story... She's trying to get boned by... She's trying to go and fuck George yeah, Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's a proper, proper nasty, mm. good fucking time horror movie. And I, I really like it. I feel like, though, and we, we discussed this, didn't we, after we watched it, if this had been seen by more people rather than it just being very kind of within the horror community, yeah. there would have been, like, people would not have been happy. No, people would not be happy. No. No. Um, what else do we watch? Uh, we also watched... Um, so we, we also watched Thank You For Smoking, the um, Aaron Eckhart movie about, basically, lobbyists. lobbyists. Yeah. Um, I, I've not seen this since we, we watched it when it first came out didn't we on DVD yeah. not watched it since it is very very clever like it's a lot um, snappier than I think it than I give it credit for well it, it, it's good in the fact that it, 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 it barrels along at, at like 92 minutes yeah so it, it very much it does what what satire should do it, 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 it goes punchy and snappy and bang 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 mm. rather than kind of luxuriate in itself it just says what it needs to say and gets the fuck out i feel like it doesn't really moralize either no it doesn't it, it gives you it gives you the comments and says well what about this what about this what about this um and gets you to kind of talk to, it gets you to like the bad guys mm. by saying look these are bad these are good people doing uh, essentially doing a job that a bad person should do but the bad people do the jobs that the good people should do. So that's the reason fucking why. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you for looking. It, is a, is a, still, it still holds up. still a good sign. Yeah. Um, Ian, we did rewatch Lady in the Water. My God, man. How'd that go? <laughs> um, right. It's weird in the sense that it's shit. Mm-hmm. It's not very good, no. is it? No. And it it I am very glad that this is the movie that broke the 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 oeuvre and the myth of M Night Shyamalan. Mm. Because it, I mean writing himself as the Messiah in a movie. It really bothers you that point. It, it? It, it does. It, it is such an M Night Shyamalan thing to do because he had very much got high in the smell of his own farts mm. by that point. Mm. Uh, but then to have it in a movie where, again, he had the arrogance to write a children's story, fairy story for his kids. Mm. And then when Disney Girl went, right, what we'll do is we'll try and put it out there like it's an old style fairy, like it's old style 
like uh, children's story and everything like that. And he's like, no, people need to know that I wrote this. <laughs> and it basically caused, he tried to call Disney's bluff and Disney went, oh, go make it with someone else. Never don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's quite fun. I, 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 read, I did like a little bit of reading up on it. And um, one of the mental facts is um, he, with Warner, he had it written into his contract that the, that the studio and the set couldn't be more than 45 minutes drive away from his house. And so he drove to it six times to work out the average time it took to get there before he agreed to shoot from there. <laughs> and it's like, these are the reasons why no major studio wants to work with you anymore. Mm. The problem with Lady in the Water, like, it, it, it's, not, it's not good, but it's perfectly watchable. But the central performances are good. Go on. But it's not enough of a family film to appeal to families. No. Because it's not fun enough. But it's also got words like fucking narf and the baddies are called scrunts. So it's not a grown-up film either. It's like in this weird fucking no-man's land where it just doesn't work but, for anyone. But also he has uh, Bob Balaban playing a critic who is just an absolute dick. Yeah. And gets everything wrong all the time and then finally gets his comeuppance. Hmm. Which again is a bit like, oh... We absolutely see what you've done there, M. Night. <laughs> it's like one of your twists. We all saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Paul Giamatti is really good in it. Bryce Dallas Howard is really good in it. Freddie Rodriguez is in it because, yes, Freddie Rodriguez was a thing in 2006. Mm. The mentalness of him only working out on one side of his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I didn't hate my rewatch of Lady in the Water, but I can see why it destroyed a man's career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the non-central performances make the film. There's a bit around the middle, though, where where they go, right, we think we've worked all this out. And it, it's basically, there's like a good half an hour, like the middle section is essentially... To make to, to, so that they can have a bit in the story where the critic gets everything wrong mm. because mm. he thinks he understands storytelling and he doesn't. Yeah. And there is literally an entire section of that where you watch it going, "This is daft. Mm. This is really daft." <laughs> I think the, uh, the one thing that did bother me about it was the uh, was she Korean the girl? Yes, Chinese. Chinese. Um, she's pivotal to the first half of this movie yeah and then it just kind of fucking dumps her oh yeah they don't like it yeah. just she just disappears it's so and they can stand around being all uh oh, so what happens to me then when i say <laughs> um only got a couple more left so we'll speed around these a little bit more we also rewatched observe and report didn't we yeah Yes, yes, I am intrigued. How was this now? It's fucking great. My God, this movie could not get released now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Absolutely fucking couldn't. I couldn't. No. There's a lot of... Really, Ota is on fire in this movie, but he keeps calling people. And he calls from a fag at some point, doesn't he? I think so, yeah. Um, he keeps calling Seth Rogen's character a fucking retard. Mm. What I don't and like it, it about all it, works within the the, 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 the the framework of the movie. It all works. It's not done in a nasty what is it way. 
it works within the framework of the movie. Hmm. But it's you know, there's a bit where you where where, where Seth Rogen gets on Anna Faris and you turn up and went, That's date rape. And I was like, I'm not sure it is though. She's because, too fucking hammered. But he content. stops and then she literally tells him what the fuck you're doing, carry on. Mm. It is it, odd though, isn't it? It's date rape. Is it? Yes. It, it, I agree with you, it probably is. If you are in the company of somebody who gets so out of it they don't know what they're fucking doing right. and then you have sex with them and then yes that's yeah, no, right. and i agree with it that it is mm. but i think at this point i don't think it's even it, it, it even considers the fact that that might be the case oh, no. in the film no i don't i don't think i don't think it's trying to be provocative or anything like that i think it is just she wouldn't have sex with me she won't fucking high but mm. he's he's not taking advantage he's just that confident that he thinks that they're now in a relationship mm. There was, there's also the the fact that it it basically displays it, uh, portrays people with bipolar as being really fucking dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it does. Do That's that. problematic as well. It does, but it is quite funny when they leave that street corner because he thinks he's gonna get murdered by that gang and he literally arrests them all. Yeah, that bit is good. <laughs> it's, it's fucking great. Um, I'd say rewatch it, but be if you want, but be prepared for the fact that you'll be watching it going, oh. Yeah, yeah, this 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 is an eleven year old movie that would not get traction now. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's still a great time with it. Um, and we rewatched the the fan, didn't we? We did. Because it's a Tony Scott movie that has Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro in it. Magnet. It's Magnet. That is Magnet. Fucking great. There's no psycho female in it though. There's a bitch female in it, though, played by uh, Ellen Barkin, which is always fucking great, because Ellen Barkin is a delight. She was a proper hottie, wasn't she? She was a proper hottie, yeah. Um, yeah, the fan is fucking brilliant, and it is one of Tony Scott's underrated gems. Oh, he's De Niro so... is, 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 is in proper psycho <laughs> mode. He's in fucking cape frame mode, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's in that, that mode where he's just... He's, he's so creepy, like, he, he, it makes your skin crawl. He's chilling, isn't mm. it? Isn't he? mm. <laughs> it's, it's quite it's quite something. I, I don't know why people don't talk about it much. It's one of those, because it didn't make a great deal of money. People think that it's crap, and it's not. It's really fucking good. Also, Benicio Del Toro's in it, and he's blonde. Yep. Benicio Del Toro before... Usual suspects made of a star. It's always quite nice seeing Benicio and things like that. John Leguizamo as well. Yeah, why is he in it? He's uh, his agent. He's the agent. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a really it, it's it's a really interesting movie and a really creepy movie, and it's 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 Tony Scott doing what Tony Scott does really fucking well. Mm. But it's Robert De Niro doing what Robert De Niro yeah. does really well. Like he is that peak De Niro in this. The mental thing about this is. If you were to rank all of Tony Scott's movies, it would probably be around the middle. But, yeah, but that's a good middle to be in, isn't it? But yeah, it, it, it's just if you were to give me most of Ridley Scott's movies and say you can watch any of these or you can watch The Fan, I'd be there going, just grabbing a copy of The Fan and going, can I watch this, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what you can say about almost every Tony Scott movie. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was what we watched, wasn't it? Yes. We barreled through a lot. And I had oh, about like 12 hours of fucking Resident Evil yesterday. Where <laughs> go? Because that's my life now. 
we're doing tonight. I am watching something upstairs. I'm sure Polly Shaw's got something in his back catalogue you can watch. I, I could watch one of the his YouTube videos where it's it's the wheeze works out. He's done some workout videos. Ew. It's proper peeny, isn't he? Yeah. No, I can't do that to you because from Friday you're banned from from anywhere because well, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm just going to take the PlayStation upstairs and play FIFA. Well, oh, you've got new FIFA on Friday as well, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I was going to buy uh, um, on the digital thing so I could get early access from tomorrow, but only the Ultimate Edition and the Champions Edition are available with the early access now. Mm. So they are £80 and £90. Um, Fucking yeah. hell. Well, that can get to fuck. That can it? get to fuck, yes. Um, the regular edition is uh, is 60 a lot of money you, for a computer game. But you you yeah. don't do Ultimate Team or anything like that, do you, as well? Absolutely. So. I got into it a little bit um, very recently, but I, I I could quite easily go without playing it. Mm. What you could do, you get EA Access, pay three ninety nine for a month of EA Access, and you can um, play 10 hours of uh, FIFA 21 now. I can't get yet. Hmm. 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 Becky's looking at me and going, you're not getting 10 hours of PlayStation time, dickhead. No, get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> the Devil All The Time uh, is a Netflix movie uh, directed by Antonio Campos, uh, produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Random one, that one. Um, Max Bourne. That's a hell of a name. Can you imagine being called Max Bourne? How, how, how much were you born? I was Max Bourne. Also produced by Max Bourne, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Um, Stars. Um, who is it? Star. Tom Holland, Bill Skarsgård, Riley Keough, Jason Clark, uh, Fat Sebastian Stan, <laughs> Haley Bennett, Eliza Scanlon, Mia um, Wazakowska, and Robert Pattinson. <laughs> creepy, creepy Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Um, and a man called Pookie Lafarge. Oh, and uh, Harry Melling is in there as well. Um, Bex, what's it the story of? I think you should explain this one because it just kind of it follows various people interconnecting lives. There's no sort of no in in sort story of the mid- story. There's multiple threads of story. Yeah, in the mid fifties in um in Ohio and um, Virginia around that area, doesn't it? Hmm. Around kind of very much Bible Belt mid fifties um, post World <laughs> War Two um, America. Uh, it follows like the the nastier side of, of Americana is what I would say there. Would you like the IMDb small synopsis? Go on then. Sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwards town teeming with corruption and brutality. I mean, I don't think that's exactly what it's about, no. but, but fair enough. Um, Bex, what do you think to The Devil All the Time? I, I mean, I, I like films like this where you've got multiple threads of story that eventually plot together at the end and kind of the baddies get their comeuppance and like things happen. Everyone gets a comeuppance in this. I mean everyone does get a comeuppance <laughs> in this but they're all kind of baddies. So um, it's yeah. In 2020 were a movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Riley Keough, Jason Clark thread is, is is interesting to watch and you've got that and then they initially start off by killing Harry Eliza Bennett. Scanlon's dad, yeah. who's killed her mum. Yeah. 
and then they, they try and... The pile of the spiders up his head. Yeah, spiders, the spiders. Um, I don't know that I can explain it accurately, but it's very good, and I really, really enjoyed it, but it's bleak as fuck. <laughs> it's a misery part of the highest order, Rebecca. But it's so well made, and it's so well acted. Um, Ian, what did you think about it? I thought it was really hard work. Um, it is well acted, don't get me wrong. But the fucking treadmill of is a character. Are they a good character? They're going to die. Are they a bad character? They're going to kill a good character. Then they're going to die. Apart from Tom Holland, who's a good character, but he kills people people but yeah but he only kills bad people so never mind two hours 20 minutes later the credits rolled okay that was a film that i have watched and never really want to think about again not because it was super super gory but just because i thought it was quite lazy um i it's just like i mean like that is literally how the film works introduce a character establish whether they're good or bad and if if a then dot 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 if b then dot 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 there's barely anything else to it Uh, yes it does converge on tom holland's character towards the end but not in a way that i thought was particularly satisfying i thought sebastian stan's character like there's quite a he's got quite a bit of business in like the second half of the film and it was just what was the fucking point of any of that like what was (laughs) the point of any of that the the um the only way that the the point for that is is it's to establish that he is a bad egg and that it that what's it is allowed to kill him but i mean that was a lot of establishment oh yeah it, it, it what this film luxuriates in is ensuring that if there's a bad guy it wants you to know how bad they are. And when you go, all right, that's a bad guy. It's show, it, it will then go, oh, no, wait. They're a really bad guy. Oh, but then also it's, hey, here's a good guy. But then he get his mind gets warped by his wife dying. And then he's got, he decides to sacrifice his son's dog. Oh, no, it's before the wife even dies. He decides to sacrifice his son's dog. So, hey, you think he's bad, but he's not really. He's not really, no, is he? He's just desperately trying to save his wife. He yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is the thing, and it, but it's like Antonio Campos is kind of like poking you and going like, "How do you feel about that? He just killed a dog, but you can't hate him because you can kind of understand why he did it, can't you? A, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, in a way, I thought the film was actually quite childish. I, yeah, it was shit. Fuck off. <laughs> Guys, we can stop panicking though. Our Pats and Sebastian Stan haven't got fat. They wore fat suits. It's in the trivia. All right. Um, the thing is, I, I, I'm sat in between both of you, I think, with this, in the sense that I I found it really hard work at first. It 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 took too long for it to get going, and it did pick up too many characters and just fucking throw them away. Uh, and you were a bit like, right, you, 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 you're doing too much now. Um, it, it was, you didn't need 
it, like literally it was like oh if someone gets married in this that means that the wife's going to die and it was it was that i mean let's be honest mia wasikowska did marry a proper mental oh so, job. Like, I, I, she had it coming i'm very I, i'm liking uh the uh, the ever-evolving career of, of, of harry melling I, i'm liking that <laughs> Uh, that's fucking brilliant it is and, and him coming out the what is it out, out of, he's like literally like fucking vision room and then pouring a lot of spiders on his head and killing his wife I was like alright yeah I'm fine with this no he, he pours the spiders on his head at the foot at the, right at the start that's what makes her fall in love no, that, 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 that's yeah that's the yeah. thing where she takes a look at him and it's just like I want to get on that crazy bastard's dick so hard. Look at those spiders. Yeah. They were real spiders as well, by the way. Of course they fucking were. It, it, fucking the Melster isn't going to fucking throw a lot of fake spiders on himself, is he? <laughs> he went out and picked the spiders himself. Um, yeah. Um, I, the, the Jason Clark Riley Keogh bit was great. They did it too many times. Hmm. You didn't need three. It was like, right, we've established it. And it was like they it was like they explained it to you too many times. Yeah. They, they, there was like a third time they started explaining it to you and you're going, we know. You've shown us it already twice. We know what is about to happen. Stop doing it again. Mm. And it, 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 you could quite easily, I think, take out 20 minutes. You can get this movie down to 114 minutes without losing any of it. There's an awful lot of like Sebastian Stan, there's an awful lot of fat on it. Um, fat scene. Is it though, or is it an excuse? Um, so th- there, was, there was that, but the best scene in the whole fucking movie is Tom Holland sat in the back of a pew talking at our parts where Arpats is just getting turned on at what he does with this fake fucking wife he's got. And then realising, oh no, it's, mm. he means me. Mm. That is fantastic. But then it, it, it just, it's like, it goes that, it's like, right, wait, we need to connect this, 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 and it's like, oh, fucking hell. All right, you don't, not, seriously? There isn't one good person in the entire fucking movie. I mean, it, it's, it feels like a film where people's agents got the script and then just went, do you want to do something edgy? You know, because you've been in all these fucking Marvel films for a while now. You know, do you want to do something edgy? And and they're like, what, what, what? And it's like, it's a film where Robert Pattinson is a preacher who likes to fuck girls. <gasps> Oh my word! Oh my! Oh my days! Yes, yes, please! Yes, yes! Uh, you know, and it, it like the cast for this film is mental. Like it's a really, really like in 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 terms of I mean, R. Pats and Tom Holland aside, a lot of like people who are just like really good, solid character actors, yeah. and they've just they've just got these like bitty parts. Like what the fuck? Like, did Mia Wasikowska see in this? Because she's she's an actress who seems to do things she wants to do. You know, like, she chased the fame dragon a little bit, decided it wasn't for her fair play. But what about this script? Did she go, yeah, all right, then, this this looks really interesting. You know, Arpats I could kind of see, because it's quite a wild character for him to play. 
um holland i can see because he's kind of wanting to break out of the marvel ghetto a little bit probably the same with well ghetto like it's a like he's a fucking poor man stuck making he wants to prove his spider-man grown. yeah exactly but that's the thing it feels like it's a lot of people wanting to prove that they're grown-ups including the director yeah the thing is it's one of those where it's we often say about about netflix that it's great that they give directors a lot of creative freedom i think sometimes you maybe need a, a, a studio going because this movie, if it was made uh, uh, to be released in theatres, it, it, it's not that long. There's a, what is it going? Nah, cut that, cut, 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 there we go, bang, there you go. I can sell, we can sell that. I can't sell that. I can't sell two hours and 20 minutes, essentially, of just misery. <laughs> uh, with that, so, yeah, it, I, I did I did enjoy it. I, I am on the definitely not shit train with it. I'm guessing you have X, and I'm guessing yeah. you're on shit, aren't you? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's our audience poll? Our audience poll is... Is it the misery you don't like, Ian? I just, I, like I say, I just thought it was childish. I thought it was like the director going like, oh, I know how I'm going to shock you. Like every, like every you know what? 10, 15 minutes or so, there's going to be a, a bit you're going to be shocked by. Do you know what? I think with this, you've seen what I see in every one of those What's It Who Did Killing of the Sacred Deer movies. Mm. That's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. If it had got you, you'd have been like, that's that, all right, fuck it, yeah. But it doesn't. And so that, because I think you've just said there about it being childish and stuff like that, and that's exactly what I say about that guy's stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the fact that they're, they're selfish and it just it seems like a guy who just didn't get laid enough at school. <laughs> um, our audience poll though, uh, definitely not shit, sixty-three percent. Touch and cloth, thirteen percent. Shit, thirteen percent. And Geostorm, eleven percent. Um. We didn't actually have any questions this week, unfortunately, which I'm sad to say. Oh. But uh, I don't think I pimped it quite enough. Did you not? No. Um, so, yes. So, what are we covering next week, guys? Well, it's got to be Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween! It? So, Bex am... will not be joining us next week. <laughs> I am really looking forward to Hubie Halloween. He looks fucking shit. I know, but that's why I'm kind of weird looking forward to it. I, I am, I, I think that the the world should admire the fact that me and Ian, and yourself, Becky, but from the start, me and Ian have committed to these Adam Sandler Netflix movies, and, and we have reviewed every single one so far. Yep, we sat through two and a bit hours of Sandy Wexler for some reason. <laughs> did god knows why we did that and i mean t- to be fair um screening for press uh for lff on sunday morning the very very hotly tipped uh regina king directed film one night in miami very much um, that you know yeah. la- last not last week show the show before that so two weeks ago so episode uh three five four um I said when we were talking about what the fuck's the Oscar going to be, and I said that there's going to be one film that's going to come out of fucking nowhere, 
and that's going to be the one. I think that could be the one. Do you know what Hubie Halloween sounds yeah. like? Yeah. Uh, the uh, feel-good hit of the summer. A really good film for you to watch while I play Resident Evil. I'll watch the fucking shit out of Hubie Halloween. I might even I might even fucking watch Hubie Halloween and I'm a, I'm a bit of a fucking boom a day a hot Halloween uh, chaser for afterwards. Oh, good lord. There you go. That just sounds awful. It, it sounds like a fucking good time. It does not. It fucking does. It does not. It fucking does. It doesn't. <laughs> I'm just saying it does. It does. <laughs> In fact, the only... <laughs> so far... I'm still looking here. Sorry. The only so far Adam Sandler Netflix movie I've not watched yet is Uncut Gems. Fucking hell. So... <laughs> I've Jesus watched... Christ, you still haven't seen Uncut Gems. No, I, I, we're going to watch that this week. Uh, I've watched Murder Mystery, I've watched The Week Of, I've watched uh, My Wit Stories, I've watched Sandy Wexler, I've watched The Do-Over, and I've, wa- <laughs> I've watched The Ridiculous Six. The only one I've yet to watch is, is the one that people think is good. Oh, dear. Oh. I'll t- t- tell you what as well... Um, I don't think my uh, Resident Evil board game is coming today because for the last two hours, the delivery driver has been in exactly the same place. That's his house. Yeah, I think the delivery driver lives in Crumpton Drive, uh, which is uh, just off of Newport Road in Cardiff. So uh, I hope he's having a lovely... going to Cardiff. You need to pick up your game. Yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm going to go into Cardiff tomorrow and then just go like, well, it stopped here. So I just assumed it was here. I didn't know you were just planning on delivering it again. That's brilliant, though. Arriving today by 10 p.m. And it's like, I'm glad I didn't pay for that. <laughs> no, I'm not suggesting you go tomorrow, Ian. I'm suggesting you go tonight. <laughs> what, just for a drive and then knock on his door and say, just like, this is supposed to door and say, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> no, no, I, I'll, I'll say to him, I, I'm doing you a favour. This was supposed I to be by like, my house by ten. Sat in my garden right now, <laughs> <laughs> all from the same county. I will add, waiting to play this game. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think you should do. Pins uh, on the sky. Oh, right, uh, yeah. So that's that's our show next week. Hubie Halloween, and there was something else we were going to cover. That I can't remember what it was now. Akira, fucking idiots. Yeah, retro review of Akira. Yeah, sweet. Batshit fucking e numbers of Japanese anime. Yeah, but fucking that's gonna be all up in my eyes tomorrow. Yeah, uh, great fun. Yeah, um, yeah, that was episode three hundred sixty-six. Uh, thank you much, very much for joining us, guys. Thank you much for joining Rebecca. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, thank you much for joining me, Ian. You're welcome. Uh, we are a Pod Syndicate podcast. Um, so check out other Pod Syndicate podcasts, including the Rewatch Project, Iron Sequel, Intimate uh, Landfill, His Film Home Movie, What's on Tap, Chainsaw vs. Punter, and a whole host of bonus shows. <laughs> including Mark Plays Resident Evil. Including soon on, on what is it on, on the on our YouTube channel. Uh, Mark will be playing some Resident Evil. Mark will also be streaming some God of War once Becky lets him go on the computer. Yeah, boy. <laughs> um, yeah. Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3. Last of Us 2. There's all sorts of shit. I'm going heavy into gaming. Mark will be uh, streaming eight minutes of uh, <laughs> of God of War every so often when Becky goes in the shower. And he goes, I've got to be quick, guys, because if she finds me doing this, she'll kick me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
We've got a question just come through last oh, minute. Go on. Uh, Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, I saw today that they are considering a sequel to Across the Universe. What musical would you want to see a sequel to? Streets of Fire. Oh, fuck yeah, that's a brilliant. Boom! Yeah, that's... Oh, God, that's the right answer to that. Yeah. Streets of Fire. I mean, All I... the fucking same cast. Yeah. Set in exactly the same fucking universe. Will Defoe. <laughs> Michael fucking Pare. Yeah. Um, I want Grease Free, where John Travolta, Olivia Newton, John Michelle Pfeiffer, and Maxwell Caulfield all go back to Rydell for the fortieth um, something or I don't know the hundredth anniversary of Rydell, and they all have to do uh, Grease in the time of COVID. <laughs> Grease three, Grease in the time of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, I, I'd, I'd really like to see a sequel to Rocky Horror. I love Rocky Horror, absolutely love it, and I'd like to see a sequel. There is a sequel, Shock Treatment. It's not a direct sequel, though, is it? It's not about the same stuff. Pretty sure it is a sequel on that one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So Why have I not seen it? Because. Because nobody's seen it, no one cares. Um, yeah. I don't know, I'm not heavy into musicals. Turn it and Brad become contest and games, sure. It's not about like Frank and Fair and like Riff Raff and Magenta yeah, and Columbia. They, they, they are, aren't they? Are they? Yeah. I'm saying. So you know what we're watching this week then? <laughs> I mean, yeah, Resident Evil. Not watching Resident Evil. No, watching. Oh, I'm not watching that either. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you very much, guys. Uh, and we shall speak to you next week while Becky's putting her hand up to continue going. I don't going. have a musical that I would like to see a sequel to that I can think of off the top of my head. But I've always wanted to see a movie made from of the album Fat Out of Hell. Yes. That would be fucking amazing. I drunkly wrote that once, <laughs> didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. I drunkly wrote a treatment for that. Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. Still got it. I fucking, it, it's still on my mind brain. I could fucking easily recite it again. It's a, it's, it, it's, it's good though. Don't you want to see a sequel to Captain? Yeah, it does. We do. We want to see dogs with Russell Crowe. <laughs> Ru- Russell Crowe is dogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I'd be more likely to watch that than ever watch Cats again. Uh, I, I, I think Russell Crowe is dogs, where literally it's just a black screen for the trailer. And it just, Russell Crowe just walks out in a really bad dog costume and just turns around the camera whilst holding a beer and goes, woof, woof. And it just goes, <laughs> Russell Crowe is dogs. Do you know, the more I think about cats, like if I ever do, if it comes into my mind, the more like troubling I find Taylor Swift's horny cat. Go on and go bit of the moon. <laughs> God, it's not his brim. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. Depends on your predilection for Taylor Swift. Um, really? Yeah, really. She seems like a knob. I'm not like a good psycho way. Well, yeah, definitely. For me to just put the blanks for this video on for you to get your, you know, get your rocks off. Again. And <laughs> 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 on that note, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.